sugar-coated lies. Yes, I know. I know those donuts are tempting. All those colorful sprinkles. The cream filling. The glaze. The glorious glaze. And on top of all of that, they are free. Someone brought them in and just left them here. Right here. Right in front of me. Surely this must be some kind of sign. Some kind of miracle, right? I mean, food is food. And if it's free, I pretty much need to eat it. It would be ungrateful for me to say no. Right? Right? Wrong. Dead wrong. Those donuts aren't food. They are poison. Same with the chocolate chip cookies, the double Dutch chocolate cake, the can of soda, the bag of potato chips, and the pretzel-wrapped hot dogs. All that junk, it isn't food. It doesn't fuel you. It kills you. It literally kills you. It isn't going to make you stronger, faster, healthier, smarter, or better. It's going to do the opposite. And you know this. You know you do not need any of that junk. So, when those foods are tempting you, calling your name and enticing you with their sugar-coated lies, get angry, get aggressive, stand your ground in the battle, and fight by saying no. Hold the line. Hold the line for your health, your mental toughness, and exercise your will, which, I promise, is stronger than the will of the donut, if you want it to be. Hold the line. And welcome back to another episode of The Mind Castle. Is now a good time to tell you that I'm eating a donut right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm actually not. But okay, yeah. good. Just making sure. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, Oh, that was intense. Well, yeah, well, welcome to welcome to another episode. My name is Reagan Schrock, and this is my bro Austin. What's up? And uh, we make episodes about or podcasts about optimizing ourselves and being the best person we can possibly be. That was Sugar Coated Lies, which is a excerpt from the book Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink. And the reason I read that is it felt like it kind of set the stage for uh, pretty much did yeah for our episode. I can uh, just hold on. I just picture some. Um, some poor gentleman who just rolled out of bed on Saturday because we're posting this on Friday, most likely just rolled out of bed at like, you know, nine 30, 10 o'clock after sleeping in, maybe watched a little YouTube, had a junk breakfast and then casually opens up his phone to listen to our episode and then just gets sidelined by that. Yes. Right there. He's probably feeling terrible about himself. I'm so. really sorry. I'm sorry, Johnny. It's, it's Rick or, or, yeah. or Sally or whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the irony, if this happens to you, please let us know. If you like had your earbuds in and you were like at Dunkin' Donuts placing your order <laughs> and you, and the episode starts playing, that would just... That That'd be amazing. That would have made my day. Uh, so, Austin, why don't you tell us why we started that episode that way and uh, what we can learn? Yeah. So the the route we wanted to take this episode is what well, kind of the, so the episode title is inaction is a slow death. Um, and which is kind of a motto that I, I appreciate. Um, I first heard it by better ideas on their YouTube channel, which is a great YouTube channel. You should definitely check it out. Um, after checking out our YouTube channels, of course, uh, I love the idea of intentionality. Like I've seen over and over again in my life and in uh, other people's lives, how when they lose intentionality, and a focus of like where they're going and what they're doing and like intentionally living each and every day, they just lose something and mm -hmm. life and habits and performance and everything just starts to tank. And so I'm, I'm extremely passionate about finding ways to be intentional, to stay focused 
each and every day on what you're doing and why you're doing it. And so you can live a more optimized life. And for me, the first time that this actually kind of got kickstarted was um, by something that you told me about, um, which was, um, I forget exactly how you said it, but you said uh, something about like each day you would stop for a minute in the morning and consider be like, okay, what can I do to make today really, really good? Like a great day. I'm going to be something small, something big, whatever. And I took a spin of that and um, did kind of two versions of it where in the evening I, I would write down, you know, what was my daily highlight? What was the best part about this day? And then I would call it the daylight for short. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> then, in, then after that, I would write down, okay, what can I do to make tomorrow really, really good? Like really great. And that right there would just built a small level of in- intentionality in my day. Um, and I saw how much that changed my living like my atmosphere around me, my mindset. Um, it was just so impactful. Uh, and then the other thing that, um, the other place I saw this, which really affected my life was, um, I was at recently a, um, assistant Dean of men at Sharon Mennonite Bible Institute, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It was so much fun. Got to meet a whole bunch of great people, but usually what happens is there are six week terms of you know, studying and learning and usually the term starts out just like you know, full board, everyone's in, you know, they're building their schedules, like they're super intentional. They're very focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about three weeks in, people just start losing that, that focus. And it just starts going downhill and they start going with the flow. And before you realize it, you're kind of near the edge of Niagara without any oars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a problem. Like you see it slowly happening. And then th- that's what happened in, in one of our, one of our terms. And <laughs> right towards the end, my bro, Charles, great guy. He was just like fed up with this. He's like hearing all, you know, people are gossiping and talking about this. And, oh, I don't like this. And the deans are doing this and they don't get this. And he's just like, this is stupid. He's like, I'm calling an emergency meeting. All the guys down in the lounge at nine 30, we're going to fix this. <laughs> and it was great. Like that's what everybody needed because we were all like most of us, not everybody, but most of us were just kind of, you know, just going with the flow of what was happening mm. and we lost our intentionality. And so we all got together and we like put everything on the tables. Like, here's what we're feeling. Here is what's happening. Let's finish strong, man. Like we started with such zeal. Let's not end this way. Like mm-hmm. going into tour, we did a choir tour for one week. We're like, we're not going out like this. We're going to, we're going to get together. We're going to figure out what focused intentionality looks like. And we are going to do it. Like we're men, let's stand up, let's do this. And it just, it changed the whole entire atmosphere. Everything changed. The people were more focused. They were more disciplined. Um, like not everybody felt like they needed to change and that was totally fine. Uh, it was, but like, I just saw that focus return um, for some people and it was so good to see. And it was just a great picture for me of the importance of this mm. and how not to lose that. So I guess I'll bounce the question back to you. I don't know. It kind of captures a bit of our vision in, in the way we try to live our mm-hmm. lives and like, how do we stay focused in life and living intentionally? And again, the reason I started with that piece is health, uh, just in general, to get very practical. We, I've seen a lot of people just not care enough about their health or not getting serious about taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, giving yourself the tools you need to live a good life. And it's not that I mean, it's not that people don't care. It's just they get complacent or not take things as seriously as 
they should, or yeah, I'm, I'm not sure even what all causes it. There, there's something about our, 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 our will and attention and energy, you know, are finite and eventually they just run low and, and you're just like, ah, I don't feel like dealing with this, <laughs> you know, and that happens. And I'm, uh, it's, it is really sad because there, there are so many easy solutions, easy paths. The donuts are super, super easy. What's not easy is making a salad instead, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, it's really easy to turn on Netflix. It's not easy to sit down and fill your brain with with really good things, important things, um, to learn something new, to learn a new skill. Uh, mm-hmm. I've I've spent the last year and a half developing very intentionally some new skills, and it was some of the hardest stuff I've ever had to do <laughs> because my my life was already so full, and I'm like, ah, I don't want to try to cram this in, but I'm like, hmm, but if I don't, <laughs> I'm probably going to end up just wasting that time on something else. Anyway, mm-hmm. and now, in the moment, it was like, I don't want to do this, really. I mean, I kind of do, but not really. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm past those things and looking back, I'm like, oh my. Your I could circle be sp- of experience dude, is so much bigger now. Yes, and and skills and things. I'm sitting here now looking back on that and being like, I went through that. I accomplished that. I gained so much mm-hmm. value out of that. Here I am. Really glad I did it. That was amazing. Or, you okay over there? I'm good. He has a really bad cold. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm basically sick of the death. Yes. So, so, Just kidding. So I could be sitting here <clears throat> right now in this exact same moment, looking back and not seeing that I'd done those things and be like, right. I actually didn't do that. Mm-hmm. That would be for me really sad. Yeah. You know, I'd be like nuts right now. I could be here sitting here with a college degree, or I could be here sitting here, not with a college degree. And I would still be sitting. I would still be here. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's lame. I'm going back to college. And I'd made that decision two years ago or whatever. Struggled through it while trying to work full time. It was a big mess, a lot of work. But I'm so glad I did. You know, right. it made me use my time well, made me get more structured and disciplined. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just one example of many. But it's, it goes yeah. to the whole thing of the tyranny of the urgent. Um, and I made a YouTube video on this, actually, which performed terribly. I was very disappointed. <laughs> um, but it's okay. The 57 people that watched it, maybe it changed their life. But it was, it, there's a there's a graph that goes with it and I'm not going to try to describe it. But if you get a chance, um, watch that video or at least the beginning of it, and you'll see a, the graph that I drew out for it. But it goes um, something along like, okay, I'll just, the, the two boxes are, there's things that are urgent and there's things that are, are, are important. And mm-hmm. there are things that are not urgent and there are things that are not important. And they overlap so that you have things that are important but not urgent or you have things that are important and urgent or and urgent. And those are the, thing, the things we do. Like, the, like that's the stuff we make happen, you know, pay your rent, pay off your credit card. At least hopefully you do that. Um, but like the things that are that are urgent, you know, charge your laptop before your meeting. You know, if you don't do that, it, you're going to have immediate problems. But the things that slip by, like what you're saying, health. Um, consistency, discipline, uh, focus, um, bettering of yourself, those fall into the category of things that are very, very important, but they're not urgent. They're mm-hmm. not, you don't see immediate results and you don't see immediate consequences of that. And they are so much harder to do because to do because of that. So many people, it just slips by the wayside. And like that, that, that thought process really helped me a lot, even just identifying those things and, and under, and like, category categorizing them as this is very important and I'm going to make it urgent. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like this has to happen, even though it doesn't have to happen. I'm going to make it have to happen. That was really good for me. Yeah. Literally block it into your calendar. Yeah. I found that that works really well. Mm-hmm. Just be like, okay, 
this afternoon from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. or whatever. I'm going to take this three-hour chunk of time and I'm going to do this thing and mm-hmm. not plan anything else. And it's there on your calendar and you're like, okay, I'm doing this. And you just block everything else out. That takes some some sheer will to, to do that initially. But once you get it started, then it's like, oh yeah, this was easy. And if you wouldn't have done that, those three hours would have slipped away and they would have been filled with something else, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, uh, yeah, it, I think some of this is coming back to building things that are lasting as well. Yeah. Instead of just one more email or one more, you know, problem that you, you fix. Like there, there's endless amounts of those things. And those things are, are need necessary too. I'm not yeah. saying never do those, but you do need to sometimes step away from those and do something a little more right. deep, I guess you could say, if, if that's the right way. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, well, I'll it, just, yeah, it's, it's this big thing. Don't give in to the instant gratification. So right. like there's, there's this great book that I just read called the productivity project, which he talks about. There's two different functions of your brain and they're no, I'm, okay. Two different parts of your brain for different types of tasks. So mm. like sitting down and responding to a message or a work email is one type of task that one part of your brain says, Ooh, that felt good. I did something. I, d- I did something. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other part of your brain that is the deeper, longer lasting things that don't have those immediate responses. Mm -hmm. And so things like to-do lists, we tend to attack those little things because we can complete them and check them off the list and it feels good. It feels like we've done something. It feels like, wow, I'm accomplishing something great. (laughs) And the other part of your brain is is you, the deeper intellectual part of you that's saying, yeah, but shouldn't you be doing something a little deeper than that? Like something more meaningful or lasting or something like that, that isn't, as simple as writing an email in three minutes, you know, but that part we tend to just kind of squish and not pay attention to because it doesn't scream as loud. It's not as emotional, right? you know, and, and we just don't listen to it. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that comes back to don't give into that instant gratification. Don't listen to the lies your body is telling you. You don't need the donut. <laughs> you don't. It's bad for you, which will I ever, never, never, ever eat a donut again? No, of course, I'm not saying that, but, but I think you get what we are trying to say. Don't make those things don't make the instant gratification what you always turn to right really my goal in life and i'm i always fall short of this but that's okay it's a goal um to be at peak performance at all times optimizing myself to where i can actually get the most out of my days not because i'm some kind of productivity guru and it's all about work and like Mm -hmm. no it's it's more like i actually want to live life like i want to look back and be happy (laughs) yeah like i actually lived my life like i filled it with meaningful things i did stuff that i enjoyed i i built something lasting i Mm -hmm. i worked with people i cared about and enjoyed working with i actually did stuff you know it's not like how much how hard of work and how much money you make and like all these productivity gurus that they're they're totally missing the point mm-hmm. you know this is about building something that you can look back on and be like i i'm glad i did that that was worth doing yeah um you know and that that's what optimizing your life is is should should really be all about um, right and i think that's yeah. that's like the vision of this podcast like mm-hmm. that's what we're passionate about kind of going back to what you were saying about the instant gratification part of the like the the actual tyranny of the urgent is that we tend to fall into the trap of doing the things that are urgent but not important and that's kind of what you're saying like the the things that are popping up that are that are right in your face they're loud they're you know they're urgent right i need to do them but they're not important and it's, that's the, the tyranny of the urgent is like, it's the trap of endlessly putting out fires and endlessly doing these urgent things. And you're just wasted at the end of the day. Yeah. And all you did, you look back, it's like, what did I accomplish? Like a bunch of tiny, tiny, tiny little basic things. I replied to 
you know, emails and texts and I did this and did that and nothing actually was, uh, nothing was actually a part of the bigger step forward Yeah, in, in improving <laughs> your life. Like there was just a bunch of little things and, you know, little things make big things, of course. Like I, I don't want to minimize that, but we need to be very intentional not to live in that category of only doing the things that are very urgent, but not important. Um, yeah. And then, and then waiting to do the things that are urgent and important when they're forced on you, <laughs> you know, mm. like that's the only other, like we can fall in the trap of that's the only time when we do those things when it like, bang, it's there. And it's like, you have to do this now. Yeah. Um, like ideally we don't want to wait for things like that to happen to us. We want to, because then your life is, your life is falling apart at that point. You're (laughs) reacting to everything then. And and that's the whole thing with, with the urgent, but not important. You're, you're just, you're reacting all the time to all this stuff popping up. It's urgent. I have to do it. And you're not like intentionally, you know, I'm zeroing on this. Well, and you know, if you're always living your life reacting to stuff, guess what's running your life? Not you. Yeah. You're not actually in control of your life at that point. What's Mm. in control of your life is all those myriads of little tasks and urgent things, Mm. or even worse, other people's schedules demanding you do this and this and this. And what you end up doing is five years later, you'll look back and be like, huh, I just spent like the last five years living other people's schedules. Yeah. You know, and now to an extent, you got to do some of that. Obviously, if you work with a team, that's part of it. But like, it's very easy to just get whipped all around by everybody else and then not actually build something that that was meaningful to you. And mm-hmm. then you'll wonder why your job isn't fulfilling at all. Well, that might be a major factor, you know, because you, you just, you never, you never actually wanted to do any of it. It was just like people putting stuff on you and, and you just kind of said, oh, okay. And then you did it. Right. Again, I'm not saying you know, say no to your boss. Obviously that's not what we're getting at here. We're trying to go a lot deeper than that. Right. You know, you're not frantically running from one thing to the next. The problem is the easy path is just to run from one email to the next. And, and actually I found this really interesting. So a lot of my, I work remote, like most of my work is online, basically all of it. And I would find myself checking messages, like work messages, um, Microsoft teams, messages, email, many, 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 many times during the day. Obviously it's like, you know, it's what you do. Right. And there's some fascinating stats on how frequently people check their emails throughout the day. It's like dozens and dozens of times. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second, something about this doesn't feel right. I'm being controlled by this and, and your attention is, is, is limited. So every time you break your attention to go check your email yet again, it takes a lot of time to get back on track and you mm-hmm. can't like focus on one thing for a while. And I kept wondering why these big projects I was supposed to be doing, which is never really get done, you know? Yeah. And I was like, it's because I'm only giving like 15 minutes at a time to this project. It's the kind of thing where I need to like block out a lot of time. And this is, goes back to what Cal Newport in his book, Deep Work, talks about. Um, so now I've started doing, I'll check my email maybe once a day and call it good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just been huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, come on, like an email can wait a few hours. Like it, it's almost never that urgent. If it's urgent, they'll call you, you know? I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're fine. You don't need to be checking Twitter every 30 minutes. You don't, but there's a lot of people who do. And then they wonder why they get never, nothing done mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. the easy path, don't, don't take the easy path. The easy path is checking your email every 30 minutes, you know? Man, there was something super important I was going to say about that. Oh, I remember what it was. Um, yeah, like a, a great like real life example for me was the first term of SMBI that I was that I was assistant dean and I had a great team. Um, these are people that have had have tons of experience in this, and you know 
leading a, a student body well. They did a phenomenal job. But I was a new kid on the block. I'd never done this before. And we ran into a problem about halfway through and the team pulled together. We worked really well together. And I was like, oh man, this is great. And then I went on a walk with my my other, my head dean, um, the head dean of men, Weston. We were just talking and I was just like, man, you know, it feels like about the only time we actually hang out or like, or actually like do stuff together is when there's a crisis. <laughs> it's like, we're just like bumbling along, just doing our thing day to day and not being intentional with our team until something happens where we are forced to come together. And I'm like, I'm sick of this. Like it's draining me as a person because you guys are my support group. We support each other. Mm. And when we only do that, when there's a crisis, it, just, it makes it so much harder. And we started switching. Like we started, Weston and I kind of took the role of, all right, how do we be intentional with our team? Because this is our team. We're going to treat it mm-hmm. like that and make sure we are intentional in each other's lives, in in our in conversations, in our meetings, and have fun together, like just all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything switched when we did that. We were like, we we came together because we wanted to be together, not because we mm-hmm. had to be together. And it changed so much. And it, it's so good we did that because the next um, term at SMBI, just everything broke loose and it pushed our team to the absolute max. And it was so good that we had a little bit of an infrastructure there mm-hmm. of working together when we didn't have to. Um, and being intentional because then we could pull together and push through. Like that was a real life example for me of of being intentional with my relationships, with my team when it wasn't necessary and the payoff that that had. It's huge. Mm-hmm. You were able to function not in crisis mode. Exactly. And then when the crisis came, you're like, we got this. Yeah. Like we we can trust each other. Right, exactly. We got, we got this. That's pretty awesome. And it was it was sad for me because it actually built, like I actually almost built up a little bit of resentment towards my team because it felt like I wasn't getting very much from the team. Like it felt like they weren't supporting me because we weren't supporting each other outside of a crisis mode Mm. and day-to-day life. There is just exhausting. And, but after we switched and started like being together more and being intentional, like all that changed. And it was like, why was I ever like kind of annoyed with these people? You know, (laughs) like, yeah, it, it was, but like if, if that hadn't changed, it would have been a huge problem. Because mm-hmm. that resentment would have built and built and built and built. Because like here, our team is caring for all these other people, but we're not caring for each other. I'm so glad that we kind of switched that because it, it, yeah, like I said, it changed everything. So I so, hope we've convinced you. Mm-hmm. Be intentional in your life. It will pay off. You'll be amazed how much you actually accomplish. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah, Which that's, may, that's a good point. Maybe we'll save that one for another one. But <laughs> you know, some of the things I accomplished in that year and a half were, were pretty awesome. Yep. I'm excited. Any teasers? It, 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 uh, mm, well, I did just get an important letter in the mail. Well, the one is my diploma with my bachelor's degree, which is kind of awesome. That's cool. But I got another letter in the mail this week, actually. And it is my skydiving license. Ha There it is. Which is pretty cool. Cause I don't know anybody personally who has ever gotten a skydiving license. So I got one which is kind of cool. Mad flex. But we're going to have to do a separate episode on why I did that and the things I learned and why it matters. I promise you it's not just for the hype because it is. (laughs) if it was for the hype, I would have washed out a long time ago. It is by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But it was that intentionality. I'm going to block out this time and I am going to do this. Whether I'm ready or not, whether I'm scared or not, (laughs) I have to do this. And we'll go into that different one. But for that episode, the only way we can record it 
is if all of you get in the comments or in our email boxes and say, Austin has to go skydiving with me. Yeah. And then we'll do it and we'll, re- and we'll take the mics along and like record on the drive up or something about Ooh, that'd be what fun. we're learning and, and why it matters. Cause yes. Yeah, so now that I'm a certified skydiver, I can't, I can't go tandem with you, but I could jump, I could be on the same load so we mm-hmm. can you know, go up there and get lots February of February when we're doing it. <laughs> oh, 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 it's going to be so good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we could even be recording in the plane. That would be legit. We could record us skydiving. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to make sure. Yeah. Okay. We're yeah, Just a straight clip of me screaming. Well, there's a problem with that. You're going at 120 miles an hour flying towards the earth. Mm -hmm. You can't hear a thing. Oh, man. (laughs) Well. Cannot hear a thing. We'll have to record. We'll have to record video for it as well. Like video this interview of that. Yeah. And then throw some footage in of the other stuff. For sure. Which means this podcast may or may not be coming a YouTube channel. So, mm-hmm. so just so if you want to see our beautiful faces, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Cause sometimes we do a little bit of show and tell like, Oh, here's the book we're reading or here's this cool thing I found. Yep. We might actually be able to literally show you. So when that happens, be ready to hit that subscribe button That's on right. YouTube. The moment it goes live anyways. Well, that was a bunny trail, but if you want to hear the end of the story and the reasons why, uh, I guess you can hit the follow or subscribe button to this podcast. And as always, you can find all of Austin's stuff on the internet mm-hmm. at Austin Schrock or on his website, austintrock.com. And me, you can find me on social media and the internet by my name, Reagan Schrock or reagantrock.com on my website. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we love to hear from you guys. Leave us a rating on iTunes, all the things. And uh, let us know what you thought. Uh, is there something we're missing or should we do more on this type of material? So until next time. <laughs> Don't die. I joked. Until next time. Sugar-coated lies. Don't fall for it.